This is Words That Move Me, the podcast where movers and shakers like you get the information and inspiration you need to navigate your creative career with clarity and confidence. I am your host, Master Mover, Dana Wilson. And if you're someone that loves to learn, laugh, and is looking to rewrite the starving artist story, then sit tight, but don't stop moving, because you're in the right place. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. I am so excited that you're here. I am very excited about this episode, and I'm very excited to try something new. For the beginning of every episode, um, yeah, I think I'm going to make a new habit. Tell me if you love it. Tell me if you hate it. I actually mean that. I want you to give me the feedback. So uh, send me a message at Words That Move Me podcast, or we could do a little callback from episode seven, and you can toe vote. Toe voting is <laughs> a game, nay, an art form that my husband invented and I talked about in episode seven. I use this... Um, game when I'm going through the airport, but you can use it right now or all the time. Toe voting is um, when you silently and invisibly vote in favor or against um, someone's choices or behavior out there in the world. It is silent. It is invisible. It is just for you. But uh, the toe vote works like this. Your little toes and your shoes will respond either by jumping up and down in approval or frowning and digging themselves into the floor. That's what a toe vote is. Um, we're back. <laughs> My new top of the cast habit is called wins. Now, I did not invent the concept of starting with wins. Actually, I became familiar with this concept thanks to my acting teacher, Gary Imhoff, who teaches the Professional Artists Workshop here in Los Angeles. Cannot say enough great things about Gary. But um, it's been a while since I took an acting class. It's been a while since I did wins. And I cannot think of a better time to uh, remind ourselves of the things that are going well than this very moment. So here is how wins works. I'll go ahead and start. All right. I'm actually busier than I have ever been, which is ironic because I'm a person whose work almost exclusively depends on large groups of people. <laughs> um, but I'm getting to do a lot of things that I have always wanted to do. Number one, train more. It seems like a lot of people are offering Instagram Live or otherwise live-streamed classes. I think it's so much fun. It's very cool. Um, another win, I actually added curtains to my dance space, um, which required a, sh a sewing machine and a power drill which usually gives me the nervous feels, um, but because I had to use it for like an hour, I got really solid. I'm much more confident with my power tool skills right now than I was uh, a week or so ago. Um, let's see what else. Oh, also upgraded the RAM on my computer. Did that myself as well. Um, I also started a Patreon account for the podcast, and I feel really, really good about this. It's the first time ever that I have opened up a membership option for any of my services, and I think it's very cool. It's uh, a way for you to get even more value out of this exchange, and it's a way for you to help me by keeping the lights on the disco ball, as it were. Uh, speaking of disco ball, <laughs> I made one out of aluminum foil. It's hanging in my dance space. So that's also definitely a win. Um, 
Okay. I think that's great. That's a, a really good start on wins for me. And now it is your turn to go. A win is just an answer to the question, what went well? And I really am. I'm going to leave a gap here for you to fill in that blank. On your mark. Get set. Go. Maybe I'll play a little music for you so that it's not as awkward. <laughs> Okay, great. I'm not just saying that wins are important because we're having a tough patch. Is that safe to say? We're, this isn't the uh, high point of civilization. We're not at our pinnacle right now. This isn't our best performance, I would say. But I'm also saying it's not all destroyed. I'm saying the sun comes up and the sun sets and we wake up and we go to sleep and somewhere something went well. So let's share it for ourselves, at very least to ourselves, but even to someone else. I think it'd be a good practice to start a wins group. This is my wins group. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> Speaking of winning, I see you daily doers out there, and I honestly am so inspired. I'm, I'm, it's always a treat to see what you guys are daily doing. If you are new to the podcast, please circle back to episode one and have a listen as I pose a daily creative challenge to all of you out there. I think this is a perfect time for it. I think oftentimes great restraint breeds great chore <laughs> choreography, that too. Um, but great restraints can cause great creativity. So please keep it up. Um, Keep tagging your videos with the hashtag DoingDailyWTMM. The doing is the important part, so it comes first. Hashtag DoingDailyWTMM. Go take a look at that hashtag as well. You're going to find some super treats. Um, okay, moving right along. I am thrilled about this episode. Um, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine, Tyler Peck, principal ballerina for New York City Ballet, and all of the things she had to say I find so applicable and so valuable in a time like this. She talks about injury. She talks about training. She talks about family. She talks about the most challenging time of her life, and she talks about finding herself and her strength within it. So without any further ado, enjoy this conversation with Tyler Peck. Yes, Tyler Peck. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for being here, first and foremost, today. It is a special time. It is a crazy time. Um, and it's just very cool to see your face and hear your voice. Thanks for having me. Let's start with having you introduce yourself. How do you like to introduce yourself? I normally just say I'm Tyler Peck and I'm a principal ballerina with New York City Ballet. <laughs> and that is enough, my lady. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So you and I actually, in years, years past, our timelines, our dance timelines overlapped when we were little NYCDA competition kid dancing yes. together. <laughs> um, and I find something very interesting is very few of those dancelings pursue classical ballet and even fewer wind up in soloist roles and fewer still in principal roles. I think that speaks so much to your training, but also to your talent and your drive. Um, and I want to spend some time talking about that. So could you talk a little bit about your pre-professional training and uh, even before you and I met and 
maybe a little bit during that timeline and then before yeah. you joined the, the company? Of course. I think that I am just as shocked that I became a ballerina as probably like anybody else. I know Joe actually, Joe Terry always says like, I mean, she can do ballet, but if you ever saw her do like jazz then you would really see, and it's the truth. I, I never thought I'd be a ballerina. I grew up first in my mom's school in Bakersfield, California. And you know, her, her dance school has every style. So I grew up doing jazz. I was really bad at tap. So I can't say that I ever really was good at that. But um, jazz, contemporary, lyrical, hip hop, gym you know everything I did everything and I did take privates she did have me take um, ballet privates with this um, Russian teacher who actually is from California her name is Ala and I believe the last name is like Kanashevili or something like that and she was a former principal of the Bolshoi Ballet and they were my least favorite classes not because she wasn't a good teacher it just took the most discipline like I think ballet when you're younger really hard because it takes the most focus just because you don't get to dance to feel good music you know like a song that you love or a word that you can like relate to it's like classical music is sometimes honestly a little boring and especially when you're younger so it I'd always try to get out of my ballet classes I tell my mom oh I think I think I feel sick today I don't think I should do ballet and she'd be like okay well then if you're sick for ballet you're also sick for jazz and I would say oh I think I think I think I'm feeling better. I think I'm better now. So I'm glad that she like that. made me stick with it because clearly I wouldn't have made it as far in the ballet company. But um, mm. what took me to New York was getting the Music Man on Broadway. And um, that was just because, you know, in, in California, I I did lots of commercials and like more commercial dance and theater. And so when my agency um sent me to New York to audition my mom was like we're not going to New York and I said mom let's just go and she goes okay we'll just make it a fun trip no pressure you know and then I ended up getting it and then she was like you're definitely not moving to New York and I said but mom what if I never get this opportunity ever again and you you um didn't let me go and she was like Ooh, I know the guilt and I was trip. only 11 yeah, so that was kind of what made me go to New York. And then from there, I started taking at the School of American Ballet, which is the company that feeds into the New York City Ballet. And that was the first time where I ever felt like, wow, ballet is actually really interesting. And I think it was the balancing like technique style that I really, really loved because it is a little bit jazzier. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it all of a sudden didn't seem so boring. And I was like, I also didn't feel like I was really good at it. Like, I felt like I looked like a jazz dancer trying to do ballet. And I was like, determined to not be that one that they were like, oh, she's just from the jazz world. You know, I was like, no, I'm going to get this. And I'm going to be a ballerina. And I've always kind of been like that, like where if something isn't, easy that's like the route I go I'm like you know what I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna be a ballerina and that's kind of what happened <laughs> I love this it's actually one of my questions later down the the stream that I was gonna ask like 
has it always been ballet and will it always be ballet? So now I know it hasn't always Mm -mm. been just ballet. But do you see, like, what is future Tyler dancing? Is she like a tango dancer or (laughs) ballroom or is she strictly choreography? Do you you think about her a lot? Um, I mean, I love ballroom actually. Like, I don't know it, but I um, was on a gig once and this ballroom dancer like took me on the dance floor just at the after party and I was like this is literally the coolest thing ever like I he made me feel like I'd been taking ballroom forever but I don't think that that's going to be my route um but no I definitely want to always do other things I I don't think I want to do um ballet for a very long time I thought this is when I should do this because it's such a young career so I got into the company at 15 and you know i've already been in the company 16 years i'm 31 and i've never really wanted to be someone like in my mid 40s still like in point shoes i always kind of want to leave when i can still do everything in such a classical company but then i would love to do like you know theater or choreograph or something like that and move back into you know not doing just classical ballet um but I just felt like this was the time for me to do it if I was going to do ballet. If I was going to pursue ballet, it was this time. Got it. But you do also pursue these other avenues, even now, a little bit of acting, a little bit of choreographing. Um, do you want to talk about any of those uh, side uh, Yeah. I mean, I think because I did grow up in California and you know, I did do a lot of acting and stuff like the story ballets at New York City Ballet are almost the most fun for me just because you get to tell a story. Um, We don't use your voice. But um, that's why when Susan Stroman like talked to me about doing this new musical that's coming out um, to be the lead in that I've kind of been a part of for like 10 years. um, It was kind of the perfect thing for me because it has ballet. It's about a ballerina. I get uh-huh. to carry the show, so I have to, um, basically I'm on stage for two and a half hours, singing, acting, and dancing, so it's like, it was like such a challenge for me, and I was like, I haven't used my voice in like 10 years, but let's try it, you know, Whoa. and yeah, and also when I just got through this injury, I used that as a lot of time to do other things, like choreograph, and you know, do a few acting um, acting jobs on TV shows and things. So it was a good time to make my mind. It was like a forced time to to do everything you love because I had the time and I wasn't um, with my New York City Ballet crazy schedule. Cool. That is, a, I think, an excellent segue. I couldn't have written that myself. Um, talk about being forced into certain things or away from certain things. Um, I would love to talk to you more about the type of training that you're used to and how different your life is now that we are in, um, I'm gonna use the word lockdown. It's not technically a lockdown, at least here in California. We're both in California right now. Mm -hmm. So I guess what I'm asking is, what is the importance of training to you? And if you could actually, it'd be interesting to hear like a day in the life of principal ballerina, how much of Mm -hmm. that is training, how much of that is performing, and what are you doing right now when we don't have that, our, our traditional flow. Yeah, so every day, we work every day but Monday, just kind of like Broadway schedules, um, but we're training all day. It's not like a Broadway show where once it's up, you're just performing at night. Um, we 
start class at 10.30. We have class every day for an hour when we're in season. And then they can rehearse us from 11.30 to 6. And then the show at 8 o'clock. We do that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We have two shows on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we have class at 10.30. They can rehearse us for like three hours and then the matinee. I so dead. it's crazy. <gasps> yeah. That, By the time you get to the show, a lot of times you say to yourself, I'm so tired. I literally don't know what's going to happen right now. Mm-hmm. But and sometimes that's when you do your best performances because you don't have the nerves, because you just don't have the energy for them. <laughs> and you're just, you know, so grounded. But yeah, so I'm used to dancing all day long. And um, right now, in order to keep that up, I've been taking class every day. And you know, my mom has a dance studio, so it'd be really easy for me just to go down there. But, um, you know, I've been listening also to what they're saying, like, stay at home, and she shut her studio. And so I've just been doing classes in my mom's kitchen and using her kitchen countertop (laughs) as my bar. And I just thought, you know, I'm going to do this every single day for myself, because I have to keep my training up. Mm -hmm. So I thought, why don't I open it up and let people take with me on Instagram? live and I did it the first day and I was like you know let's just see if anybody likes it and then it seems like a really big thing and everybody's really looking forward to it I think during the day so I thought you know if I'm going to keep up my training I might as well let everybody do it with me because I'm sure so many people are missing being in their dance studios and it's hard to get motivated when you're just doing it by yourself I mean I just came off of a huge injury where I was off for six months and I couldn't do anything. And then it took me, you know, like another probably three months to get back. And I had to do class every single day. And I did it with a teacher because I needed somebody to be motivating me. And so that's what I thought. I was like, if I do these live classes, at least somebody can, I can be, you know, I could be leading the class and trying to motivate these people to keep moving. So they're not having to do it by themselves because that's hard. It isn't. It's so hard. Yeah. Um, it's and, keeping me accountable too. I feel like because if I were doing it myself, I maybe would skip combinations yeah. or do it at different times or and this is like no, it's an hour every single day or Monday through Saturday. And people so. show up for class. Yes, people show up. So I took I I've taken that. a couple. Um I know. I was I there on I think I was there on day 1. I'm not sure if I was there. You on were. Day. You were day on day one. Uh, I was a day oneer. I have not yeah. been an everydayer, but <laughs> I will be a more a more often dayer. I think finding some sort of normalcy in a day is valuable. Um, but I love the normalcy. I love the sharing, and I love the accountability. All of these things, to me, are what the internet has always been good at: sharing information, finding solutions to urgent problems, and connecting. And we're really, we're using it for that right now. Yeah, it's true. Okay, Tyler and I talked about the silver linings of this coronavirus crisis situation for quite a while. But I wanted to take a second and pop out to reflect on her training regimen. And man, hearing about the day that Tyler goes through (laughs) made me want to up my training regimen, that is for sure. It actually reminded me of episode nine when I spoke with Jason Bonner, who says, if your show is two hours long, then you're training for three, 
Or in Tyler's case, if your show is two hours long, you're training for the remaining eight hours. (laughs) Hearing about this honestly made me want to up my game. And it reminded me of a saying, you will not rise to the occasion. You will fall to your level of training. So train up, everybody. (laughs) Train up. Now is a perfect time. We're going to jump back and talk a little bit more about training with Tyler, but we're also going to talk about the injury that put her through the most challenging time of her life. Tyler wasn't just unable to dance or train. She was unable to execute normal daily tasks like turning her head or lifting her arm for five months. To get even more backstory about that injury and her road to recovery, I strongly recommend you read the New York Times article called Am I More Than Just a Dancer? I will link to it on the website, thedanawilson.com slash podcast under this episode, which is episode 13. But um, also just Google (laughs) the New York Times and Tyler Peck and you will probably find it. Am I More Than Just a Dancer? Fabulous read. Okay, let's jump back in. Okay, so if you went five months, we can definitely do several weeks. My question for you is this. How does one go from five months of not even doing normal range of human motion stuff to sugar plum? Was that your first performance back? Yeah, it was sugar pump because I did everything with every other part of my body that I could work out. So like I couldn't ride a bicycle because they thought that was too much. This I was couldn't a neck injury, right? Uh, yeah, a I, something. A herniated disc in my C five six, which is the neck, and mine was so severe that it was touching my spinal cord, and we all know that like that's not good. So I had to wait. And I was told I would like never dance or could be paralyzed if I was walking and got slightly pushed. I mean, I went through a roundabout, um, very scary time. But I had this one physical therapist who just, I like literally trust my life with, who's the New York City Ballet doc, like therapist. And she just kept saying, I don't know. I just don't feel like you need the surgery like they're saying. And we just kept searching and searching. But she... I met with her every single day and we just did like cranial sacral work and I met with an energy healer. And so we were healing my body kind of from like the inside out. And, you know, she made me wear my point shoes around the house every single day so that my toes and my feet would be strong. And then we actually started, she made me keep my bottom half working, you know, Uh like I do relevés. I would be in my point shoes. I do a little moving. I just wouldn't move my arm or my neck. So yeah. So she was really smart with the way that she brought me back. And I really don't know what I would have done without her and um, Rob, who's the energy healer, but yeah, it was all about finding what, how I could stay in shape without doing anything to hurt my neck so that it could heal. Right. The healing is so, so, so important. Um, What did you learn about yourself during that period while you were, you know, I, on, on, I'll say. Yeah. I mean, the energy healer is an hour and a half session that I did every single Wednesday and 45 Hmm. minutes of that hour is just talking. And so you start to learn a lot about yourself, about where your stresses are in life, 
where you want to get better, you know, your, your weaknesses, your, your tendencies. And it's kind of like you begin to heal yourself is what he's there to kind of help you heal yourself. Mm -hmm. And I learned so much about myself. I learned, you know, that I've always wanted, I've always, I'm like a very empathetic person where I, I really, not a people pleaser, but I really don't like when anybody's upset at me or I really feel when somebody's going through something. And kind of what I learned with this is that I had to sort of not distance myself, but still have those feelings, but realize how much of that I was going to allow to be my energy of the day. You know, like I could still have those feelings, but at the end of the day, I needed to be able to stand up for what I believed in. If somebody, you know, um, didn't like something or got their feelings hurt, like I've learned now that like, I just now tell them like, honestly, like, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry if that happened. That's so not what I thought this is, you know, and, and it makes me feel so much better because I'm being true to myself. And also I feel like when you do tell the truth and get it forward, like this, the problem just goes away that much faster. Mm. So I think, I think in this whole thing, I just kind of learned how to be a little bit more, um, like real with myself and my own feelings. And I think that in the end, that kind of like also helped the healing. Ooh. Would you say that that might've been like the brighter light at the end of the tunnel? Like you maybe went into this injury being injured in another area (laughs) and then this injury somehow wound up healing both. Of course. Actually, the first day, he always reminds me that when I went in, I said, you know, I had a back injury. You know, my body's been pretty good to me for as long as I've been dancing. And the only other injury I had was a back thing when I was 18. And I felt like from that injury, what I said in our first meeting was, I came back such like more of an artist, like I was more mature, I was able to be more vulnerable. And I said, you know, I'm wondering what this one is going to bring, you know. And um the other day I said to him, I was like, I really just feel like I'm a different person and like a better version of myself. And I, I'm able to say what I feel a little bit more and not keep it so bottled up. And I just feel like I'm more open and I was always warm, but I feel like I'm able to receive things a little bit easier now. Oh, I love this phrase. What will this bring to me? like even an injury, I think, you know, I, I struggle with patellar tendonitis in my knees. And when I have that pain or when I'm going through, even when I'm training, like when I'm doing PT, my thoughts are like, oh, I don't have good knees. I don't have, I'm like, I'm without good knees. Instead of thinking, what will this bring me? Like, how is this actually an additive experience? Instead of how is this taking away from something that I think should be fine and working perfectly with what we do are you kidding of course knees will be wonky and backs will be out and all the things like oh man what we do is unnatural so it makes sense that we experience unnatural pain at times i really love that thought what what will this bring me and i love what it brought you this sense of self um and this idea that you can still be empathetic and a person that's warm and a person that cares without carrying all of that in yeah. you and all I, the time. And I think I also just um, 
you know, I kept worrying like, oh my gosh, when I come back, everybody is going to like be judging me and what am I not going to move my neck the same way? And I finally came to the conclusion. I was like, I am a different dancer. Like, it's okay. I'm going to be a different ballerina, but like, that doesn't mean that it's the wrong kind. Like I'm going to be a different Tyler and I might have to do things a little bit differently and be a little bit smarter when it comes to the way I move my neck, but I'm going to enjoy it and love it that much more for being out there again when they told me I would never be. And at the same time, like maybe it's going to bring a different and better quality to my dancing. And do you think it has? <laughs> I do think it has. Even funny is like I did full length Swan Lake. I mean, literally they told me that I was never going to dance. And then we just had a season and I did full length Swan Lake and like I got through it and I said to my mom, I was like, I didn't just get through it. Like I danced it. I did it. I was moving. But yeah, you know, I did. I, I did. There were things I couldn't do. Like I can't jump every day because it's bad for my neck still. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was really waited to do it till the show to do all of my jumps. That was the first time I did everything. And I got through it, but you know, there are things now that I just have to deal with and it's okay, you know, but yeah, I do think it is. And sometimes I think, oh, it might not look that good. And then I watch a video and I'm like, oh, I'm moving my body. I'm moving my neck. It's not so bad. (laughs) Yes. I love that we can't go back. Like you won't be the Tyler that was Tyler before you hurt your neck or before you hurt your back, but you might be better. So keep going. You must go through that. Like, cause it it could truly be better on the other side. Yeah. I just kept getting stuck. And then I was like, why am I so concerned about that? Like, I'm just going to be the different Tyler and I'm going to be happy in that. Oh, that's so great. I am definitely happy when I watch this Tyler. Um, (laughs) Previous Tyler also was phenomenal, but (laughs) watching you dance, especially lately, even just watching you teaching your class there is a sense of um, freedom and joy that I'm just like, even in a routine task, like a, a you know, Ronda Joms, we're just doing yeah. the Ronda Joms. We're checking <laughs> to make sure that all of the, all of the things and all the gears and all the nuts and all the bolts are working, but it looks somehow liberating, like freeing and fun. And it's incredible to watch. It's been very fun taking class with you. I would have never for the record, um, walked into like, steps <laughs> or, or a studio in New York and taking class with you. Cause it's all the things that we hold in our heads, but like yeah. who does the thing so, so, so good. Um, and then to put yourself in the room next to them, it can be very, uh, intense. So there is a lot of, from the comfort of your own home happening right now. And I no, hope that a lot true. of people progress and find, um, a foothold into a world that maybe they might have otherwise been too afraid to step into. Um, yeah, I I've, I don't mean to say that I'm afraid of ballet. Um, it's certainly not been my favorite style. I remember yeah. being a competition kid crying actual yeah. hot tears down my face <laughs> during Adagio. And I probably still would if I really got into a tough one. Um, but it, Isn't that funny? Adagio is my favorite, and I and I think it's the thing I'm kind of the worst at. Well, weird? that makes sense, actually, to your lean-in personality. Like, yeah. you didn't just want to become an okay ballerina that was okay taking class with ballerinas. You are yeah. like, no, I'm going to be the principal ballerina <laughs> from injuries dancing full swan lakes. That. <laughs> 
And you know, it's been so great with these classes. It's like, I think because it's like at a certain time every day, you know, that people really build it into their lives. And I wouldn't get to teach half of these people if I were going around to studios or something. I would never reach the people that I'm able to, you know, I think yesterday, like 15,000 people were taking class. And that's just so amazing. If I can like give any knowledge that I have and pass it on to them in, in the one hour a day at 10, you know, Pacific Standard Time or whatever. Like that's so exciting to me. Right. There's not a, a, a classroom big enough to no. that ballet class. The only place that we could do that is on the internet. Yeah, it is incredible. It's incredible. I'm so glad that we're using it for the, for good. Um, but that does beg the question, um, is there a downside of this social media training stuff? I do think, and what I've noticed, because I'm asking people to like hashtag turn it out with Tyler so that I can see the videos because I don't like, the one thing I don't like is not being able to see the people that yeah. I'm teaching mm -hmm. because and it was really good for me because now they're all sending their videos and I'll like send them back corrections. But I also have seen um, the variety of people taking the class. So then I realized three days into it, like I need to be making a beginner combination and an advanced one for every single um, combination because mm -hmm. I don't want the little ones that aren't up to the advanced level to be trying to do something that their bodies are not ready for you right. know? Right. And so that's, that's the one thing. If you were not in like room, super hands-on. Right. Yeah. What the, what your students are ready or, or not ready for. And yeah. that's kind of throwing a class out that you would want to take and it might not exactly. be an appropriate thing for everybody. Yeah. That's a yeah, great. So that's why I'm like, make sure and send your videos. And then like today, a little girl sent it and I was like, that's not a high enough posse. And then she sent another photo back and I was like, that's right. You know, because I do think it's important that they're not just taking these classes and doing their technique wrong, you know? So, mm -hmm. so that's the one downside, I think. Cool. I appreciate that. I love that. <laughs> um, okay. Speaking of downsides, um, what do you consider to be downtime? Like, is this downtime for you? Are you working? What's your attitude about downtime? Do you have it <laughs> between acting, choreographing, a clothing line, um, being a ballerina, like, does that exist for you? Or what's your, what's your, what are your thoughts around downtime? Okay. Anybody who knows me would probably really well would probably laugh because they're like, you don't know how to have downtime. But I will tell you, I do love sitting in front of the TV and watching movies. And last night, my family, we all watched together Dirty Dancing, all six feet apart. <laughs> and it was just something I grew up watching and it was so amazing. And my dad got so excited. My dad was like, I think we should all pick our favorite movie. He was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And he went to the other room and he brought back like ghost sister act yes. or something else. And I was like, dad, yes. And he, I could just tell, you know, this is the first time I've been dancing, I guess, professionally since I was like six. I think that's when I had my first commercial. And honestly, I've been home now, I think for eight days. And it's the first time I've ever been with my family. Like today we went on our first walk together. And I said, as we were walking, I was like, I'm pretty sure this is the first walk we've ever taken as a family. And they were like, for sure. Because when I was younger, my grandmother drove me three hours to take class at Studio C with Dee and Tina and Dennis Casberry. 
three hours there and three hours back from age, um, I think like seven to 11. So this is the most family time I've ever had. And so that is what I'm really enjoying. And I'm trying to be like, okay, I need to get off the phone now and really just enjoy this time that I have, because when would I be able to be here that much? Right. This might be the other slight downside to the social streaming class thing is that if you have that many students in class and you're encouraging the the discourse, right, the back and forth, mm-hmm. which I do, that I think that's very smart. Um, you could spend 24 hours a day giving feedback to all of those people in class and you wind up literally stuck to this thing. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I always say, I'm like, how am I busier now than normal? And it's these classes and interviews and yeah. And, you know, so, but I said, you know, the weekends, like, I'm definitely not going to be on the phone. And I really, really want to, like, really just enjoy my time with my family at night. Okay, fine. I'll let you go. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Okay. Yes. And I so agree. I think this is a very valuable time, not just for self-work, but for those of us that are uh, lucky enough to be in it with the family with the people actually like hands-on in-person stuff um, my dad said can we play monopoly and i was like and you yes. said yes yes three times in a row dad <laughs> um p.s great taste in movies dad i really I love know. that i think this will be the birth of of great new rituals and we'll we'll remember things about this time that are truly special i'm yeah. so glad about that definitely uh, All right. Well, I do want you to get back to family time. Thank you so much for sharing this time with me. I learned a lot and (laughs) smiled constantly. So thanks. (laughs) Thanks, Dana. (laughs) Um, I, oh, I'll see you hopefully soon. Yeah. We're not sure how summer and summer intensives are going to work out. Um, We might have a long, um, a long haul ahead of us, but perhaps a reschedule or a a same schedule for your event this summer. Do you want to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, I'm so excited. It's my first summer course. And basically, I just had this idea because I love teaching, obviously, you can tell. But I, especially for ballet, I feel like the ballerinas don't always get a range of movement. And I think that is what really helped me be a different kind of a ballerina. And so I kind of wanted to be how I was brought up. And I wanted these dancers to get that type of training. I want them to have hip hop or funk, however you want to call it. And I want Mm -hmm. them to be able to have jazz. And what's funny is like, honestly, the teachers that are teaching this summer course are either people I grew up dancing with, like you, or the Mm -hmm. teachers that taught me. So I'm like, it really is like, um, like Marguerite and Alex and people I used to take classes from that I loved. And, um, so hopefully we'll, all of this will pass. And if not, we'll figure out something, you know, I don't know, maybe we'll do Zoom classes Ooh. or something, but yeah. Hey, we will get creative. That is what this time calls for. <laughs> Lots of creativity. Yes. <laughs> all right, Tyler, thank you so much again. I will talk to you very soon. Okay, bye. Bye. All right. Talk about a minute. Oh, a minning wine set. Talk about a minning wine set, everybody. <laughs> Talk about a winning mindset, rather. <laughs> Jeez, winning on winning on winning. 
I really love the way that Tyler thinks about emerging different, not wrong or not worse from her injury. It honestly reminds me of episode eight and talking about doing it bright instead of doing it right. Finding the value in doing it your way and that whatever your way is, is the best way for you to do it. Ah, I especially love how Tyler reframed her thoughts around the injury from being the victim to being the beneficiary. She literally went from thinking, why is this happening to me or why is this happening at all to how is this happening for me? What could this bring to me? And that's something I think we could all use a little practice working on right now. So let's get to work. Grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, and think of a topic, a circumstance. Maybe it's the coronavirus. Maybe it's lockdown. Maybe it's training at home. Now dump all of your thoughts about that topic onto the page. But first, split the page hot dog style. On the left, we're going to keep all of our negative, dark, nasty, big, ugly thoughts. We'll call it big, ugly column. And then on the right, we'll put all the positive Captain Brightside. We'll call it the bright and beauty column. Now, for every negative thought, I want you to write two positive ones. Since our brains are wired to care about disease and danger to keep us alive, this might be challenging. So I'll help you by giving a couple examples. Big ugly thought. People are dying. This is true. Bright beauty thought. People are coming together. People are caring for each other. People are fighting to keep each other alive. Let's take another big ugly thought. Um, I could get sick. I could die. Bright beauty thought. Let's go with the obvious one. You could also not get sick. You could live to be a hundred. It's a possibility. <laughs> uh, let's do one more. Big ugly thought. Um, I'm going to lose my job and run out of money. Bright beauty thought. I cannot lose my talent. And I will not lose my training. Prepared with those things and my bright mind, I can make more money. Notice I'm not encouraging you to delete or resist big uglies. They are worthy of your attention and they are valid, especially right now. I guess I'm simply encouraging you to spend equal airtime on the bright beauties. The winning thoughts, if you will. <laughs> I will leave you with that for today, and also I will leave you with my new tagline. Stay safe, stay soapy, and stay funky. Thought you were done? No. Now I'm here to remind you that all of the important people, places, and things mentioned in this episode can be found on my website, thedanawilson.com slash podcast. Finally, and most importantly, now you have a way to become a Words That Move Me member. So kickball changeover to patreon.com slash WTMM podcast to learn more and join. 
All right, everybody. Now I'm really done. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you soon.